For those of you that catch these episodes as soon as they come out, I apologize for this one coming out a little bit late. I am still getting a handle on all the mixing and everything. We're the whole gang getting together. It's a, it's a whole new team and uh, it's a whole new batch of, uh, I don't know, audio issues, getting a handle on all the audio stuff and, and all these different rooms. We're recording from all over the country, so it's, it's, it's a lot to put together. It's a lot and I'm getting a better grip. Every episode is going to sound a little bit better. So thanks for your patience on this. So you'll be getting a second episode this week. So it's not like we're delaying any episodes or anything like that. Um, and even the earlier episodes when the audio is a little more rough, uh, the content is still there. I, gosh, I'm so happy with the content that we're covering. And there's more good stuff in today's episode and next week's episode. Uh, it's all good stuff. So thanks for sticking with us as we get a handle on all of this. Appreciate it. And also, I want to mention a few other things. One is thanks to Floathelm for supporting our show. It means a lot to us. Floathelm is software designed to... It's designed for your float center. I, like... I legitimately believe, legitimately believe that if you own a float center, you absolutely deserve to look at Float Helm. You owe it to yourself and to your clients and to your employees. And it reaches out to all these three different styles of operators. If you're running the place, you can get metrics on your um, your finances and you can look at your scheduling. You can look at um, your scheduling metrics, excuse me. And um, if from the client side, it's just such a simple UI and simple things like if two people want to book at the same, t- um, at the same time, if, if a couple wants to come in, they can schedule and actually actually um, not have any glitches, whereas my previous software, that would happen all the time. Uh, One person schedules for two people, they both show up, only one person got booked, even though both got charged. What is that? What is that? So Floathelm doesn't have that issue. Um, And then as far as your employees go, there's all sorts of great management stuff for your employees. Recurring tasks is one of my favorites, just to make sure that they get an alert anytime something needs to be done. Um, you can do one-off tasks for people, uh, which is great for us when we need somebody to, like, um, somebody um, calls in for a massage. We need to do an on-call, reach out to all the LMTs in the Portland area. We can do that and stay uh, up-to-date via that task or set it up again for somebody in the morning to reach out. That sort of thing works out great. Um, and then you can also put documentation and help. And there's so much things it can do. So many things it can do. So go to floathelm.com. And of course, don't take my word for it. But go ahead and go to floathelm.com and schedule a tour. And they'll do a live tour with you and make sure it can do everything that you need. Also, oh yeah, very soon here, we've got the Float Conference coming up. Um, if this just happens to be your first episode that you're ever listening to... Uh, and you don't know about the Float Conference, let me tell you the Float Conference is an important annual event that everybody in the industry should come to. It's in Denver, Colorado this year. It's September 28th through 29th, and uh, there are even some days before that as well. If you want to show up early, there's plenty to do. Uh, It is an incredible learning experience, and it's an incredible community experience that's... um, I mean, there's, there's nothing else like it. It's an incredibly special thing. Uh, you're going to see some luminaries of the float industry like Dr. Feinstein from the Laurie Institute for Brain Research, Dr. Saib Khalsa, MC Flux is going to be back this year, uh, others from Liber, I'm, oh, our own Kim Hannon is going to be there, as well as some guys you might know from Floaton, Ashcon, Graham, and Jake are all going to be there, all hosted or emceed by Stephen Johnson, master of float conference shenanigans. So uh, it's it's such good stuff. I can't tell you how important it is to be there. Uh, if you're thinking about starting a float center, be there. If you own a float center, 
shut down. Some of you have shut down your float centers just to be here at the float conference. I'll be there. I'm an introvert, sometimes a little bit shy. Come up and say hello to me, please. The other guys on this show, Kim, Gloria, Drew, they're extroverts. Uh, they're going to be, it, it's going to be such a party. It's going to be so much fun. Um, they're going to be loud and saying hello to everybody. They're easy to come up to. Say hi to me. Shake my hand. Let's talk. I love it. Sorry for being shy. That's why I do a podcast where I can record out of a closet and uh, reach out to everybody. It's so good. Flowconference.com. Go there. I'll see you at the conference in Denver. Oh, let's play that music. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float hunters thrive. I'm Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon, and I had an employee quit on me this week. <laughs> I am Drew. I own New Hampshire Float, and I had an employee quit on me about a month ago. I'm Kim, and I own Suki No Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana, and I don't have employees to quit yet, but I have an intern who's about to wrap up his uh, program. And I am Gloria Morris, and I own Float 60. The last employee that quit willingly was in four months ago, I believe. Cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, Kim, your husband's still working there? He hasn't quit yet? He hasn't yet. Oh, my gosh. If that man ever decides to go, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Fortunately, the I don't see that happening. Oh, yeah. Good balance, right? <laughs> Good balance. Um, so... People quit. It happens. <laughs> like we'd all like to say, like people stay with us forever. It's all good and hunky dory, but it happens and it impacts our business in a big way, right? Um, I think you know we were we were talking off air, and I think Drew actually brought up something that I had never even thought of, uh, which is asking for more notice. Drew, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So that came up because of the person who had quit, and mm -hmm. it was a two week notice, and uh, again, I'm a small float center. There's only two rooms right now working on a third. So I, we book out. I'm booked out a, a month this whole winter. Uh, you know, within the first week, the whole month was booked out. So to have only two weeks notice really scared me because then all of a sudden I was going to be alone for he was working roughly 20, 25 hours. So all of a sudden I thought, okay, now I'm not going to have a chance to go out and get lunch. I won't be able to run to the mm -hmm. post office. I won't be able to run to the bank. I won't be able to, you know, all those things that while he was there, people are floating, I can run and do. So um, it was scary to me, to be honest. And I went back to the other employees that I have and I basically begged them, please give me more than two weeks notice if you can do that. This this is why, and they understand, they see it. They're, they see how, you know, booked out we are and they understand that all of a sudden if they were to give me two weeks notice, I'm not hiring somebody in the next two weeks that can, you know, um, appropriately help out in a way that would make it less stressful on myself. So I went and asked them for a month's notice and I still, I kind of jokingly bring that up every now and then, like, are we good? You know. Give me a month if you got right. Yeah, I'll make a little joke of it. And they get it and they're soup like we're all on the same page. But with the with the way things are and just with the booking and how people can book out you know, far, they can book out two months, right? Mm -hmm. So 
um, it's scary if all of a sudden, and, and because it takes a little bit longer to get people ramped up in something like this, you can't just take someone off the street and say, here you go. There's right. a lot of, a lot more that goes on it's into so that. True. So, um, two weeks notice, I know that's the standard, but I'm going forward, going to continue to ask people when they come on, like be very open with me about what's going on. I don't want you to work here if you're not happy. But mm -hmm. so let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I mean, that's part of keeping that open dialogue, but I do for my own personal sanity, if, two weeks notice, I'm not hiring someone who can help me out enough. It's just going to be stress in two weeks. And now I'm thinking about the stress that's coming in two weeks. So I'm instantly stressed out. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I went back to all my employees. I've hired two more since then. And I've asked them and one of them already told me he'll be done in September. So, um, okay, great. We're on the same page. I can work with that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's some nice notice. <laughs> I think that's such a big thing, though, whenever you're thinking about a small business, a lot of times people think about, you know, and, and a lot of times these are entry level jobs. And so that pay level doesn't always speak to the importance mm -hmm. of the employee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the corporate world, um, a lot of uh, higher level positions have succession planning and, mm. you know, succession planning takes weeks, months, months and months just to plan, let alone the actual exit strategy and how someone is leaving. And to some degree, our little tiny float centers are often, you know, needing a plan just like that. So I think it's um, hopefully when employees hear that, Drew, that they're also hearing you're important. And, you know, that really right. speaks to cool. what we had talked about in a previous episode about, you know, retention and about, you know, you matter here. You're not just somebody that I can easily replace. Um, and it's a, a pretty big message to send to the employee to be able to ask them for a longer notice. And, to do it in a way that doesn't feel threatening, in a way that says, I support you as life changes. And just to follow up with that, I I actually say to my employees, at least once a week, I appreciate you. And when I'm saying goodbye, I don't just say see ya. I say, hey, thank you very much. I appreciate you. you you're helpful to me. Uh, one of the things I learned in my, my previous career as a social worker is speaking words, even if you think they know, Right. So, it's important yeah. to say those words because maybe they don't, maybe they don't think they're important. Maybe they, you know, they, who knows what someone else is thinking. So I actually do say, I appreciate you and you are my employees. I would, I would be shocked if they said, um, that I'm, I'm, they don't know how important they are to me. And I do think that is important, Kim. Um, and they feel that right. And it's a part-time job for them. It's not a big deal, but for me, I get to go and run my errands. I can go have lunch. I can uh, go to the chiropractor. I, these little things that I can do are so meaningful to me. And I make sure they know that. And I think that that is important. Yeah, I, I, that is so good. That's not something that comes naturally to me. It's, it's the Dr. Phil hour. I can open up and talk about how I wasn't raised with like, with a lot of that vocal, that kind of communication. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't naturally give tons of compliments and I assume people just know their own value. Well, as it turns out, people in their own heads were not getting feedback. It tends to spiral downward, sure. right? It doesn't generally doesn't go up to I'm a hero. Um, so that totally is resonating with me. Um, yeah, I do it, go ahead. And it can, and it can be a little weird. I'm saying, I appreciate you to two 26 year old girls and you know, and I'm married. Right. And so, but <laughs> it, it's the type of thing that, um, I don't make it awkward and I say it and I say it and I mean it. Only on and the I podcast. Think that comes across. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> cool. That's great. 
and and if you're not used to it, it it might be a little awkward at first, like just breaking through, like making sure I'm giving a compliment or a compliment sandwich, which I'm not a huge fan of, but um, that's something I've practiced, right? Like making sure I'm saying positive things. Um, I, I want to segue a little bit to Gloria here uh, as somebody who's had to had to let people go. Um, when do you, what are the flags for you when it's time to let somebody go? So I haven't had to do it too much mm-hmm. at Float 60, thankfully. Um, recently, I had to let somebody go because there was obviously a disruption to the culture that was rippling through the morale of the team. Um, I certainly witnessed certain red flags firsthand that were indicative of saying, okay, if if this person is acting this way around me, when normally people are putting on their best foot forward, which is totally weird, right? That when the boss comes around, people kind of zip up, right? They're, They're a little bit more attentive, but I knew that if I was seeing these red flags that my team must really, really be feeling it. So, um, yeah, when you, I personally go through a chain of documentation. I don't need to do that in the state of Indiana. We're an at-will employment state, same with Illinois. You don't have to have like progressive discipline to fire somebody, but me just, ethically as a person and as a boss, I try to find people's strengths, retain them. Sometimes I might overlook some of their weaknesses, try to modify. Like I find myself modifying to try to accommodate people who have certain issues. And that that's been a mistake. Um, I think setting standards and really being diligent about measuring them just makes, makes it much more acceptable that if you don't meet the standard, you right. just worked yourself out of a job. You really have a choice, right? But mm-hmm. making things so clear is hard. But this last person, I actually had a suspension a year ago mm-hmm. and, you know, plenty of opportunity to say, this is kind of like your last shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of had a breaking point and had to make it happen. And I have to tell you, um, we joked about this on another podcast. Like I have a visceral reaction. Like you'll see my ears will get red, neck gets red. I mean, I get overcome with emotion because you end up caring about these people who are there working and running your business. And as a mom, I have this maternal instinct with the team that comes out and I really care like they're my own family, um, which can be not so good. I think uh, my employees have probably seen me cry more than they should Mm. in good ways. Right. Like I get overcome with emotion on how grateful I am for them and I'll start crying and everybody's like, like she cries at everything. Um, But it's just who I am. And I'm I'm not really ashamed of it. I wish I was stronger in certain circumstances. But the bottom line is I do care about these people. And even if I don't uh, know them at first, I still feel like they're they're part of this this machine that's been created. And, you know, without them it wouldn't be running right. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably was a long winded answer to your question, but. Oh, you covered us just great things there. It, it was, I was flashing back to my second year of running a business where I would just, I would not sleep because I was just worried about 
making sure I could pay people's hours. Like I just, I need to make sure that I can afford people's hours. Like the shop exists, now it's about the employees. Uh, it was the second year of sleeplessness. You just flashed me back there. Yeah, when you step back and you think, oh my gosh, I've created a company that feeds right? 26, 28 people and their families if they have them. It is, mm-hmm. it puts this in tremendous amount of pressure on your chest. <laughs> right? So um, it's, I try not to think about that too much and just yeah. try to knock it out and do the best we can. But um, I, I think about that often. Um, you had mentioned uh, a paper trail. And I'm not sure if you were saying it was good or bad, but I, and it's because I come from corporate, uh, it's just, it's just in me to create that paper trail. We're, we're also at will in Oregon, but, um, it being documented. And even if we had a verbal communication about it, then an email saying this is to, um, to log, you know, whatever to this, this communication. And then we can go, okay, there was a paper trail. We can verify this, um, that, that this has been happening on these dates. Yeah, Um, for sure. I, I'm a firm believer in it. I think the turnover happens, though, when people are unclear about the expectations on them and then they get frustrated that they might not be given the right tools to be successful Mm. or comfortable. That's what I find contributes to the most dissatisfaction, um, aside from maybe lack of communication. Can you give me a real world example of that? So facilitator. Yeah. So. Um, you know, tactically things like, um, giving instructions for cryotherapy, for example, there's a lot of safety related things. Mm -hmm. And if they were kind of thrown onto the floor and kind of learning through other employees versus a training program certification or something like that, they might not feel confident, Mm -hmm. right. Or maybe they've been trained through just kind of hearing three or four people they've worked with. And if none of the spiel is the same, I think people are uncomfortable not knowing which, what is the right way. Right. Cool. Um, and I think that goes for first time floats too, like the orientation, the last team meeting we had, we actually did role playing where we split up into groups of two and heard each other spiel. And everybody's kind of saying a different thing, which is okay. I mean, we want to have people's personalities to come out, but we have to have these like, fundamental mm. must-haves Hallelujah. to the choir. Yes, I love it. Um, right? Because if they don't have that, someone. then they, they're not sure and they're uncomfortable. Yeah. They just don't feel confident <laughs> and that comes out. They're going to go talk to talk to clients and, and right. not feel confident. And that's not what you want, right? <laughs> exactly. You want a director. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I, I just want to mention that we have had uh, employees go through like the very bottom of like, you're on probation. Like this is, this is it. We got to see improvement and had full improvement. Like yes. that is completely possible. Uh, which I think sometimes it seems like it's not like if this is only a downward trend, people can rally and For find sure. themselves that, that, that totally happens. I don't think it's coupled with just disciplinary action. I think it's coupled with heart, uh, a, a um, I want to say a schedule, but a, uh, a plan of attack of how to improve things and connecting with them. Like, why is this happening? Why is there a lack of this? Uh, not just here's what's wrong and prove it by X date, you know? Uh, but yeah, it can happen. For sure. I just want to put that out there. Can, uh, I, there's, ask, yeah. can I ask how many um, full-time employees you each have? Because I don't have any. I only have part-time employees. So I, I expect that there will be, you know, 100% turnover rate for me. On a long enough timeline. Yeah. 
we are short-staffed right now with six full, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, they're not full-time employees, but regular, you know, get, uh, get employees every week. Uh, excuse me, hours every week. <laughs> but like 30 to 35 hours? No, some people are as low as 15. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Gloria? I believe we have about eight people that work anywhere between 30 to 40 hours a week. It kind of cool. fluctuates, but yeah, there's at least two to three, and that's including myself, um, at each location. Okay. Which I like, and I think that's a, a topic for another time, too. Like, when you hire people, I've gone through this battle of, um, I'm going to beat her. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, wait, that's my that. dog. She works for us, by the way. So that was all meant to be in the podcast, for those of you listening. That was not an accident. She's like, hey, I work here, too. She's, She's not free. Actually we added that in post. We wanted that bark in there so badly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, I... I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> she threw me off my rails there. Um, oh, the whole concept of full-time versus part-time. Mm. To me, the investment that you make in training these people to work and represent your brand is tremendous, right? So you have to do the same amount of training for somebody who works 10 hours a week mm. that you do to work 40 hours a week. At the end of the day, you're still 50 hours a week for those two employees, right? Right. To me, like investing in full-time people is a better investment mm. for us. Cool, cool. So I, I just think you have more um, comfort in the job. You mm. have more camaraderie and connection with your teammates. You have more comfort and connection with the clients. And you're a priority. As a business, you are the full-time job. You are the priority to them not somebody cobbling six or seven part-time jobs together, which I've seen, right? Ah, I see. Uh-huh. So I, I think that that's, that's an interesting dilemma we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to have more full-time, but you know, then I have benefits too. So it's it's much more expensive to yep. do that. But yeah, it's, it's that's nice. That's interesting. I like that. I like that perspective. Cool. So Gloria, I'm, I'm curious. Um, have you noticed a trend of more turnover for your part-timers versus your full-timers? part-timers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would. There's, I, would I don't have any turnover except for one for full-timers and she was with me for three years and God bless her. She's missed Lisa. Um, but she still keeps in touch. I like, she wanted to come back and deep clean. I don't know what is wrong with her, <laughs> but she's sick. You said yes. And I'm like, yes. no, yes. no yes. I, I would let her, yes. but when someone um, asks no, if you're a timers, like it's just a cadence because we hire so many students. We just had kind of expect we're going to have turnover in the fall. Like my son's going to turn over. He's 18. He's going away to college. He'll stop working in probably another month. And it's just expected. Right. Right. But yeah. Then you got to start all over again. I mean, it's, it's a big investment. So we're investing in professional uh, online training so that, it's consistent. That's part of what we were working on today. Um, I, I've been working on this for two years, by the way. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a priority, sometimes it's mm. not. But we really want people to have consistency. And when you know you're going to have turnover, you, sh- you really need to invest in some kind of program because mm. it's just difficult to deliver the same messaging and standards and make it consistent with the other team members. 
That's really interesting, Gloria. I don't know that like everybody listening to the show is going to be like, yeah, I need to invest in that as somebody who's, you know, maybe has one or two employees or a small number of them. But that's something that I've been experiencing myself is like inconsistent training. And even with a manual, I've noticed like, whoa, that intro was not how I feel like an intro should have gone or the little things like how come the neck pillows over here? What's going on with that? I um, think I would make the argument and I guess this is just the way that I thought about things from the beginning. Like yeah. Investing in that cannot do anything but wonderful things for your business. Mm. And it just creates a, a piece of documentation that you can hand over if something happens to you, right? Like going back to the question, are you an owner or an operator? If you drop off the face of the earth, then what? And guess what, people? It happens, right? People drop off the face of the earth or things happen. And if, what happens if you can't go to work tomorrow? What happens to your business that you've invested all of these hundreds of thousands of dollars in? Mm-hmm. If, it's, if you're the only guy who knows what to do, guess what? That's yeah. not going to work, right? So having at least a document that somebody can read a script from is helpful, I can't wait to geek out over the training piece with you guys. <laughs> Kim, you and I are going to be like bonded even more yes. over that. I know. Oh, I think that's it's important to world. I think that's important to point out, Gloria. You're you have three locations, a lot of employees, so you're doing something. You're talking about doing something online, but for smaller float centers that might only have one or two employees, you can start by documenting all of that, writing down yes. what you do every day, getting that into a readable format that you can hand to somebody. So yeah. even a small float center can still take these action steps to help keep that consistency. And like you're saying, be able to just say, here, look, from opening all the way to closing, it's all right here and you can read what to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think putting it online doesn't mean like it has to be a formal educational, you know, curriculum, but (laughs) even putting it, if you use Helm, putting it in the guide online, just so that it's there. We tried that in the the beginning and we kind of got away from it, but I still think one employee, it's worth it. I agree. And it might seem like a menial task or I don't have time for that, but get it, get ahead of it and um, go forward from there. So this is a great topic for our training episode, which I'm sure we'll do at some point. But I want to get back to letting people go, where the real joy is. No, uh, letting people go is always sucks, by the way. Um, Because like like Gloria said, even if I don't feel it the way she does, I think everybody feels this sense of, I mean, I will say it, like a sense of family, like just or, or bond, caring community to have to let somebody go is brutal and absolutely will shake you to the core. Um, and to some degree, it doesn't get easier. Like you, you, I think it's easier to go through the motions of it because you've done it before, but it always hits the heart. Uh, and that part's never easy. Um, Gloria mentioned the idea of, um, it disrupting the community. I think I, you know, I'm using different, different words, but I would say that is the number one reason of letting somebody go. They just shake the boat so much everything is off kilter and they might like i don't know we have like five or six float centers here in portland they could be a perfect fit at one of those other float centers but in this particular company culture it's it's not working this way that person has to go and maybe if we had started with that person that would have been different and the culture would have grown from them but at a certain point that just doesn't fit anymore and again like 
Kim and Drew, um, they have to vibe with you, right? You have to still look forward to going to work. I have, as the owner, gone into work going like, oh man, you know, I don't want to work with this person. I did not start my own business to feel like I don't want to go to work. That sucks. So make sure that you bring people on that you want to spend time with. Um, but uh, other things, timeliness. Like if you can't show up to work on time, you got to go. If you're opening and people are waiting at the door and the door's locked, that has happened to us. Um, I feel like... Grounds uh, for immediate termination, right? Yeah, and I, I did fire somebody at the door, actually. She showed up for work. I was there and uh, just just told her to go on home. Uh, this was like within our first, first year of opening. Um, and I think and, that can be tough for some people because if you rely on that person oh, and yeah. they help you out in other ways... Sometimes you have to do yes. what you what you need to do and not what you might want to do. Like, yes. yeah, it'd be better to keep them around. But really, the, the only person I ever had to fire, it was very inconvenient and it made my life extremely difficult. But it was the right business decision. Cool. And right? it was very, yes. very difficult. And it still stinks. Like the do whole ever, letting people go part. Do you ever have like, um, and maybe this is more in our youth, but like, the guy or the girl friend, a friend who's dating somebody and they're like, you know, we're not, we shouldn't be together. This isn't good or it's not healthy. He doesn't treat me right. But you know, I can't find a place right now. Or, you know, they have these excuses for why they're not leaving. And you're just like, get out. Everything else is going to fall into place. Maybe it's going to be tough. Maybe not, but you got to go. It's the same thing here. You got to look out for yourself, right? You got to look out for your business. Uh, You can't let these little, little excuses like, oh gosh, I just need those hours covered. Like, nope, 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 nope. It's bad juju. It, it rots from the inside. That's also really hard whenever you know that you've got an employee who has established some great relationships with your clients. Mm. You know, when your guests love that person. Um, you know, we, we currently don't have employees yet, but uh, Graham, my husband, just took a week off. And I can't tell you how oh. many people came through the door. And when they saw me, and I'm usually the face <laughs> on social media, they saw me, they're like, oh, Where's Graham? Like, <laughs> it just like smacks him in the face. And yeah. that's where, you know, we rely so heavily on those relationships that you've got to think whenever somebody is leaving, all of that has to be played out too of like, right. what do I tell my clients, you know, when they ask about their favorite person? Um, and, you know, you don't want to trash, trash that person. No. Just something, no, you've got to have no, no, something no. prepared about what you're going to say. And a lot of times people don't think that piece of it through either of, you know, how do I tell them that such and such is no longer here? And you, know? you bring up another point that I just had to deal with, Kim, and that was what do you tell the other team members? Mm-hmm. Do you tell them? Do you owe people an expl- explanation? I like to protect people's privacy. You know, in this case, a few weeks ago, I did feel the need to reach out to every single employee on the team to let them know that this action had been taken and that, you know, I wish this person the best. And it was hard for me to make the decision, but it was the right decision, the whole thing. And I feel that that was the right thing to do, but I did question myself too. So what's your feeling on that? But I'd like to get everybody's thought on that. I think that one, you know, I'm with you, Gloria. You really want to respect that person's privacy. Um, But there's also a lot of times you have a really close-knit team and they talk to each other all the time. You know, they're texting, like they hang out after work. So you know that at some level there could be some conversations going on already. Could be. And so, (laughs) and and those departures could also cause a ripple effect that if this person left on, you know, 
any kind of bad terms, then there's a little bit of damage control that has to happen. And so sometimes it is like just hitting it straight on of, you know, there were some performance issues and this person is no longer with us. I'm happy to talk to you about any concerns that you may have, but you can't divulge the details of that individual person yeah. who's gone. Right, you know? right. Um, I'm on the exact same page. You, very close to the vest. And that also is even for people who left. And this actually came up some, somewhat recently of having somebody leave. And um, uh, another employee, said, employee told me, well, this person left uh, because they weren't getting paid enough. And I was <laughs> I had whiplash. I was just like, oh my God. And with the number of conversations I had with the person who left, um, that was a, that was a component by all means that, that was brought up, but boy, was that a small piece of the reason that person is no longer working here. And I said, I'm, I'm uh, sorry that that's all that you've been told. I believe there are many more factors involved with this and uh, I can't say anything about that. So yeah. uh, that person will just forever, uh, just know that one, one piece of, information they were told while on shift. Uh, so that kind of sucks, but holding myself to that level of not, not ever overstepping my bounds is more important than their knowing. <laughs> I think that also goes towards the customers. As Kim was saying, I've had people just change shifts and then the, oh. the customers say, Oh, so-and-so leave, so-and-so leave. And, <laughs> and that I think can also send a bad message if there's a lot of turnover yeah. And yeah. you're the only constant and all the part-time employees keep coming and going or, or full-time employee. You just can't hold an employee. Yeah. The customers also bring that up. And, you know, if they have established a relationship with them, they're wondering what happened to Susie? Where'd she go? I really liked her. And what do you say Susie. to that person? You do you say, oh, I fired Susie. She can't <laughs> show up on time. Right. You can't say yeah. that. Right. So it, again, you have to be careful with what you say to to customers, especially, um, you know, the customers that you develop good relationships with where you might feel friendly with them and, mm. and might want to tell them a little bit of gossip. You have to withhold that. You can't do that. Yeah. And I think this all goes into the same thing that you guys were mentioning earlier, which is not burning any bridges. You want to do your best. And <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> like, it's very easy for me to a name drop or describe very specific situations. And I... I um, while I do tell employees like it's possible, like you might be discussed on the show. I definitely try to like, especially with anything negative, never bring anything up like that. And I always toe that line of maybe we'll meet again. And, and it could, um, if we end on a good note, maybe there's a chance for us to do business or have a relationship in a more positive, um, relationship down the line. Cause, cause you never know. Is there anything else you guys want to say about, uh, cutting bait with employees? <laughs> Um, what was it? I, if I remember the old episodes, I think Amy used to say, uh, quick to hire, quick to fire. Was that um, the same? Probably Dylan? not quick to hire. I That's think a, slow no, to hire. slow to hire. Yeah. That's it. Slow yeah. Right. Right. Which is a good note of like, you're asking for four weeks notice, like two weeks notice is the standard. But two weeks is how long it takes to train the average employee. I'm, I'm guessing that's true for everybody. Is it about two weeks? Minimum. Uh, Minimum. But, Minimum. But you don't hire Minimum. somebody you know, an hour after somebody puts a notice, you have to put out your, um, your notice and Craigslist and all the, the different deals, bring people in, do the interviews, and then you're training. So you're going to have a gap with two weeks notice before they can actually be working hours. So, um, oof, it's, it's rough. And, uh, it's great if people can put in more, more notice than that. Not, not to mention employees 
who, once they've given notice, they're disengaged, and, and mm-hmm. so you got to expect a little drip in performance. And there's a whole complex, like, micro-environment that's going to happen um, Short timers as soon as, as that comes out. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, there is something cool about short timers that I've noticed at the shop, which is that even if you're like a little checked out between like, you still know the bear beats, you got to fold the laundry, you know, prep the things. And once clients come in, who's not engaged with another human being, right? If you're going to start giving an intro, you're not checked out during that time. If you are, congratulations, like you, that's impressive to me. What I've seen is that people still engage during those times, even if they're, um, you know, one foot out the door. Because just just well, the nature of what we do. And on that note, before we got started, Kim and I were talking about this. When we hire and we talk about the cleaning and the customer service, you know, it is that unicorn person that we're looking for that oh, right. has those great skill sets and just this inherent like reaction to customers when they walk in the door, they mm-hmm. drop what they're doing and they engage. Mm-hmm. I think we've made a mistake in the past focusing too much on the cleaning aspect and not enough hiring towards the service customer experience aspect. And sometimes those skills just don't marry up, right? So I'd rather now hire for people who have those built-in sensibilities that say, when a customer walks in, I put my phone down, I make eye contact. If you can only see my uh, body language on this podcast right now, (laughs) it's very Italian going here. Um, (laughs) This is like something I'm so passionate about. We can teach them the other stuff, right? So I I thousand percent agree with you. In fact, I would, yeah, I would disagree with the unicorn part. We, we hire basically for the front end. We can train you on how to clean. We, the the yeah. rest, we can beat into you, you know? Yeah. Like the, and that's a mistake I think we've made. I think we're going in your direction with that, Dylan. Cool. just took me eight years to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Drew, did you have another? No, I, I, I like what you guys are all saying about that stuff. And um, I think that, um, you know, Trying to, not that they're unicorns, but, you know, hopefully you're communicating properly with the people that you're hiring. You chose the right people to hire. And, you know, the person, I, it is kind of a unicorn to think that someone's going to give me four weeks, right? But the type of person that I hopefully hired will understand what that means to me and how helpful it would be. It's, we leave on good terms, like you said. Everything's perfect. You have enough notice. You're communicating properly. Everyone's on board. And um, no one's taking it personal and it's all all business and everyone understands that, you know, even as you're developing those interpersonal relationships with your employees who might be friends after they leave, mm-hmm. right? You still might be friendly with them. They still might come and flow. Like, right. that's right. ideal to have yeah. that type of relationship with an ex-employee. The other side of it is the, the you know, the downside to owning the business if there's someone that you, you don't have that relationship with. Um, but... Yeah, it's, um, I guess it kind of goes back to hiring, right? Mm-hmm. Seems like you get the right people and you'll have hopefully the right experience with them. Yeah. But a long, on a long enough timeline, you're going to have to let somebody go. I, I think any business is going to have to let somebody go at some point. Um, rarely is it clean. Um, as clean as you might try to do it, somebody's going to feel burned. It's probably the person being let go. Uh, there, it's very common to feel like the victim when you're being let go. Um, that's certainly been the case. And, and when I was let go uh, many years ago, um, I think I was 18 and I was totally just becoming a terrible employee, uh, because I was, I was just completely checked out. 
pretty rough people as management. And when they let me go, what? Oh my God, how could you possibly? Uh, and um, that, that can just be such a difficult thing to do to maintain that relationship. But all you can do on your side is do your best to end it cleanly um, and navigate any fallout, um, especially, I mean, if they're connected with your community, that, that fallout will exist or has potential to exist, toe in the line for how you want to behave and, and be as, a, as an employee and as a person, or excuse me, as an employer and as a person. And right. float because that's a stressful situation. Oi, they <laughs> try to take advantage of those floats. Amen. Drew, do you, do you need a float? Do you get to work in twelve-hour days? Do you get to hop in the tank? Um, if I have an employee at the ah. time and I can jump in during a cancellation, or I have to wake up early and go in and float. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that lovely note. Thank you guys. Thanks, Gloria. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Drew. Thank you guys so much. This has been another very fascinating. I feel like we never, we could just do 12 hour episodes. Do people just <laughs> want to tune in for 12 hour recordings? We've got nothing but time, obviously. Uh, just drill punch in at his business and we'll hit the record button. Uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. It means a lot to us that you lend us your ears for these podcasts. And we truly hope we're doing something as of service to you for starting and, and running your business and giving you food for thought. Uh, if you're looking to go a little bit deeper into something specific for your business, we're available at artofthefloat.com forward slash, forward slash consulting, or just go to the webpage and peck around. You'll find us. Uh, we're um, available for initial um, a consult just to see if it's a good fit, and then um, you can pay from there going forward. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon is this really cool site where um, patreon.com forward slash artofthefloat, you can support uh, in part, this podcast, it means a lot to us. You get goodies. You get social media goodies on Patreon. There are a few different tiers out there, and anything really helps us, and uh, we appreciate it. You can also support us by visiting Amazon. That's right. Some people shop on this little site called Amazon.com, where you can buy things for your float center, keep stocked up. If you bookmark Amazon uh, based off the link on our site, that actually sends a few little digital coins our way, which eventually stack up to buy, let us buy something on Amazon that improves our audio recording. So thank you guys. And uh, as always, thanks to Kim, who is now live note-taking while talking. I don't know how she does it. Uh, but uh, after taking notes for like well over a year, how long were you taking notes behind the scenes? Yeah, I think it was a year and a half-ish. Year and a half, yeah, that sounds right. It uh, too much off-air conversation was good, too good to keep her off the mic. So now she's on the mic recording uh, live with us. So uh, we really appreciate her here, and I think that's about it. Again, I just want to say thanks for listening. It means a lot to us. Until next time, thank you. One more thing before we go, float away. These guys are amazing. They make the Tranquility float pod. They make the float cabins, the incredible float around, the first giant circular float pools are just incredible. They're what they use at the Laureate Institute for Brain Research. It's good stuff, uh, led by great people, people that will really take care of you. I've mentioned it a million times on the show, but these guys have taken such great care of me. Even before I ever gave them a red cent, they were taking care of Sandra and I with the float shop and helping us out with equipment uh, for a tank that uh, 
we bought used and, and they still took care of us as well as assisting us with other uh, our other float tanks as well. So amazing people, which is really important when you buy a float tank to make sure that you're going to get the customer service that you need. Um, it, it really makes a difference. So floataway.com is where you want to go. Look at these beautiful float tanks that they build. If you want to make a high-end, um, very easy entry level for your customers to get into a float tank, floataway is, is hands down the best way to get into that. So floataway.com, check it out. Mm-hmm.